The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did and the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house, sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome into the Punt and Pass podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, joined as always by my co-host, Aaron Murray. And Aaron, if I sound down, if I sound upset, well, it's because I am. It's Tuesday, it's January 9th, and last night was the 2018 College Football National Championship, and Alabama beat Georgia in overtime 26 to 23. You and I were both there. You worked the sidelines for ESPN and off the jump, I will just say admittedly, I was heavily emotionally invested in the game. It was crazy. Yeah, it was absolutely nuts and and like you said, I had the opportunity last night work for ESPN and it was an absolute blast to be on the sideline to see those guys, to be right there on the bench, to see the emotions, the ups, the downs, all that went into that game because it was a roller coaster just like the previous week at when they played Oklahoma at the Rose Bowl. Uh, obviously not the outcome the Georgia Bulldogs were looking for, but it, it still was probably one of the best, probably top five, in my opinion, in my lifetime, probably number two, maybe number one. I, I think the Texas yeah. USC national championship game, the Rose Bowl, that game was unbelievable. So much firepower on both teams, but this is right up there with them. Maybe if you want to compare it to even last year's national championship game with Alabama and Clemson. So I think the TV, the TV ratings got what they wanted. Yeah, ESPN yeah. had high ratings. It were, they were up from last year. People were excited. People were juiced. I think the only loser, real loser of the entire day may have been Arthur blank because the stadium was leaking. I know, dude, I was, I mean, how pregame and I saw that I was like, are how you, how kidding me right now like legitimately leaking it was the roof i know i'm I'm in pregame i'm I'm walking around pregame and i'm talking to some of the coaches from georgia and i was talking to gant and gant's like i I think i just felt water drops on my head i was like you got to be kidding me right now and then i saw arthur brank walk onto the field before the game and i'm sure he's just just not a happy camper at that moment billion dollars that's a little bit of money right there but you know what i heard i heard from the beginning, they knew they weren't going to be able to make it happen. And then now it's gone to the point that every time they open and close yeah. it, it's about an inch. It's going to be continually be about an inch farther open. So now water is going to continue to seep right through there onto the field anytime heavy rain comes down. So good thing they got about a year, yeah, about a year to the Super Bowl comes. Yep. Because I tell you what, if that happens and then the martyr situation, 
Atlanta has to figure it out before that, before before the big big NFL game. It's crazy, you know. The atmosphere inside the stadium last night was electric. Everybody was there. A bunch of former dogs, a bunch of NFL guys, rappers, movie stars, President Trump. I mean, it was pretty crazy. You and I talked about this game every single day last week. We had an awesome turnout at Sweetwater Brewery for a live podcast. We had an awesome turnout at Big Sky and Buckhead for a live podcast and to be honest it went just about how we said it would your stone cold lock probably should have hit if that kicker for Alabama which I said the game would come down to a last second kick would have made his field goal the under would have hit but we went into overtime and it went over the 44 and a half okay so today I I've just been trying to like rationalize everything right like talking through it i can't believe what happened and this is the conclusion that i've come to aaron i tweeted this out in our first punt and pass podcast it was early august or late july if i would have told you hey guess what dude georgia's gonna play for the national championship and nick saban is going to bench his 25-2 and two starting quarterback at halftime because Georgia's going to be up by 13 points. What would you have said to me? You would have said, you're crazy, right? Like, that ain't happening. I, I, I can't tell you any coach in, the, in America that's kind of going to pull that move, especially being down only 13 nothing. It's not like you're getting your butt kicked. Yeah. You're down by 20, 25 points. It, it's 13 nothing. You got two possession game at that point. You score a couple of touchdowns. You're fine. But he understood it. He said in his press, his press release after the game that he knew he needed to pass the ball. It's a very one dimensional team. We said it here on the point pass podcast that if you stop Jalen hurts his legs, yes. he's not going to be able to beat with beat you with his arms. And it was very evident that first half that he couldn't complete passes. He didn't feel comfortable. Even that first possession where I, he feels very comfortable on the run. If you get him on the move, he's usually very accurate on that third down that he threw the ball away. He had a guy wide open the flat. It was a quick little in and out cut. He hits that guy possible first down. You never know what's going to happen from there. Maybe a touchdown that drive. They end up getting no points with the missed field goal. So he missed a couple early ones, had a couple really good runs, but I, I, I kind of like the move and and everything from their camp. And obviously throughout the season, heading into the season, the way Tua played uh, in the limited time he did, and then also leading up in practice, he's been on fire. Just accurate, throws the ball well, and seeing him last night, I completely agree. I mean, the kid, he's a natural passer. It looks good. I don't know if it's because he's a lefty, and I just think all lefties just automatically look more smoother than anyone else <laughs> out there. But the one thing that really impressed me with this young kid is his ability to move in the pocket. Yeah. I mean, he was unfazed. He kept a great base, and I was just watching his eyes. I mean, he was going from one to two to three, getting the ball down to his checkdowns, and those running backs were getting 10 yards a pop, 15 yards a pop, 20 yards a pop, where Jalen can't get down to his checkdowns. No. Jalen's a, a one, he can't progress. one type of quarterback. He can't get through his progression. So this kid's a true quarterback, uh, and all of a sudden, they were just ripping it, man. Post routes, dig routes, yeah, the slants dude. off the play actions. It was a completely different offense, so... Going forward, that Alabama team, if they if they can find a quarterback like him, if he can be the guy for the next two years, 
That's going to be a dangerous combination I mean, along with their run game. You want to know why Nick Saban's going to go down as the greatest college football coach of all time? Because he has stones, bro. I mean, you know what kind of bold coaching decision oh. it is to bench your quarterback at halftime and go to a true freshman, Tua Taga Viola, or whatever the hell his name is, and have him lead the comeback. I mean, that is such a ballsy move by Nick Saban, and it paid off, and that's why... He is the best. Speaking about Nick Saban and speaking about Georgia, man, they had him scrambling. Aaron, they stopped Alabama's offense. Alabama had to adjust to Georgia. Usually teams have to adjust to Alabama. So Georgia is on Alabama's level right now. I mean, that was proven last night. Am I right? I don't know if the tide is turning, so to speak, but – Georgia, man, they oh, they, Georgia's they here there. to stay for I a know. while. It was really and cool it, to see. And it starts with the quarterback position. And Jake from not the best night. It started off a little shaky. And I think the problem with with that, the, the start, the interception. And I kind of struggled with this a little bit, too. When I was at Georgia, you get so fixated with the back shoulder. It looks great. Yeah. Everyone loves saying, oh, the back shoulder. Well, all of a sudden, as a quarterback in your mind, anytime you have a, a go route or even an inside fade, which that first that first interception was, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, I'm going to throw a back shoulder fade. It's an easy completion, but sometimes your guy just beats him, just playing out, playing out yep. beats him, and you just got to let that thing ride a little bit. He underthrew that first one. He throws about another five yards in front. Could be a touchdown. It's definitely a completion. You saw it later in the game when he trusted his receiver to be, get on top of the cornerback long, what, 70, 75-yard touchdown pass. So that's his next step because he throws the back shoulder great. He did it all night long. But sometimes if you want to keep those DBs honest, if you want to make sure those guys are guessing a little bit more, you need to take chances down the football field, throwing it over the top. So I think he learned it a little bit last night with that first incompletion, but the receivers didn't help him out at all. No, uh, There's drop after drop after drop. Uh, the run game, I don't agree with what was going on. And we said it here. It's a speed game. You're not going to be able to run Alabama over. This isn't a Nick Chubb type of game. You're not going to be able to line up in the I formation and pound them and pound them and pound them. You need Sony. You need Swift. You need these fast guys to get on the edges where you told him, you said it, wear those linebackers out, get those guys running a little bit. I don't think they did a good enough job of getting those guys more touches. I mean, Nick had 18 touches. I know. So only had 14 and Deandre had four. I I want in that type of game. I want Sony to have 20. DeAndre to have 10 and Nick to have 10. I agree. Get those bigger guys going. Yeah, I totally those agree. Those faster guys. I want the faster, quicker guys out there running the football for me. And you just said it too. Jake missed on a couple of throws that he usually makes. One that sticks out to me late in the game was Swift was on that flat route. And uh, Jake just overthrew him. You know, he was kind of rolling to the left and he overthrew him. And we understood that. We knew some of those plays were going to happen just late in the game because he is a freshman and it is – the biggest atmosphere, but it is crazy to think that Georgia did not play perfect by any means and gave Alabama all they could handle, taking them into overtime and then losing on a touchdown pass on second and 26. So let's go into overtime, Aaron. Excuse me. Jeez, let's go into overtime, all right? Jake takes a huge sack on Georgia's possession. I mean, that's like situational football one on one. You cannot. I don't. Take I, that I don't. Sack, I don't but, know about. That. But I, I don't know. I just going back to it. I, I think it's tough and the pressure's right in your face. Yeah. He I, tried to get out of there, but I think I think honestly, and then you have to go to the replay and see the end zone. 
I believe if he would have thrown the ball away, it would have been intentional grounding, lost possession. The ball would have been down there anyway. So I don't think there's much he could have done in that situation. I don't believe there's a receiver, especially going down, that he could have gotten the ball far enough down the football field to say, hey, I was thrown to whoever it is over here. I I think it would have been intentional grounding. So I don't mind that. And actually, and we both saw it. It it didn't hurt Georgia. They made the field goal. It made it a little bit tougher field goal. But I think it's still been the outcome. He still would have had to nail a 51-yarder. No, for sure. I mean, I, and you've always heard it, you hear coaches say, don't make a bad play worse. You know, that can turn into a turnover. So if he did tuck the ball and take the sack, that's fine. Maybe he knew Rodrigo was just kicking out of his mind. That 51-yard field goal in overtime was so good. And you put him up against Papanastas from Alabama. And, I mean, it's like me kicking, and then you going out there and kicking. Seriously, it was like on a completely different level. Drew. Yeah. Drew. I was going to let you know in high school, I was third in the county in punting <laughs> Were you 41 really? and a half yard average. It, it rolled for a while, but I was still third in the, in the, in the county in the county. So don't, you know, don't sleep on me now, but I, I think never. also in Jake Fromm's mind twice that game early, early on in the game, he was going down. He threw one about the 10 yard line. It was a bad decision. He's lucky. It wasn't picked off. They ended up kicking a field goal. And then obviously the interception, another instance where he was going down, he tried to make a play ball bounces off a helmet interception. So I think in the back of his mind, he's like, I need to protect the football. I'd rather take a sack. I know I have a great kicker indoors five. So I'd rather not try to throw a ball away when I'm going down to the ground. So I don't hate the decision at all uh, with him protecting it. I do. am a little disappointed a couple of times, accuracy wise from, from Jake uh, and what he was able to do that game. But at the end of the day, I just think the defense in that second half, I honestly, I think they got a little complacent. I think they thought, hey, we're about to play a freshman quarterback. This kid's never played a meaningful snap in his life. Do they really think he's going to come in here and absolutely dominate us right now? And I think they got too aggressive. I think they got cocky and it bit him right in the butt. And Alabama was ready to rock and roll. The offensive line, I thought, played better the second half for Alabama. They for gave sure. him plenty of time in the pocket. And those receivers did a great job getting open deep down the field. So kudos to those guys they deserve it. And I was looking earlier today about what the coaches for Alabama, their bonuses. And it's actually kind of funny. Nick Saban is fifth of all the coaches to get a bonus for this game, for winning this game. It goes their DC OC, a couple other assistants. And then Nick got a hundred thousand. So those guys deserve it. I thought, you know, that's what makes them Alabama. It's the adjustments. It's the going in there, getting their guys hyped uh, for that second half in overtime. You know, it wouldn't be a punt and pass podcast without me just absolutely shredding some officials. So let's talk about the officiating, all right? And I go both ways. Look, if they were uh, against Alabama, I'll call them out because officials are horrible all across football, from high school to college, especially in the NFL. But the blatant mistakes by the referee crew last night the big 10 official crew last night in the national championship game Aaron it affected the outcome of the game and that should never ever happen the blocked punt that wasn't offsides horrible call the no face mask on DeAndre Swift on a third down that would have moved the chains and potentially iced the game if you get three points in that situation Horrible. What about the personal foul where the guy sacked Jake Fromm and then punched him in the back of the head towards the ground? The ref's standing right there looking at him. Horrible. And this is my whole point about referees, more so on Sundays than Saturdays, but it's across the board, Aaron. 
Referees are the only people on the football field who do not face repercussions for poor performance. If a coach has a losing season, he gets his ass fired. If a player does bad, he gets benched. If a player plays bad in the NFL, his ass gets cut, he loses a job. Hell, now even on Sundays, they're holding team doctors more accountable than referees because if they don't implement concussion protocol right, they're getting in trouble. Referees don't face fines. Referees don't face punishments. They can screw up endlessly anyway for any team, and they don't face any repercussions. They just say, oh, oh, we're so sorry. Thanks, man. Hey, we'll fix it next week, though. Sorry, guys. It's a joke, Aaron, and I'm making a blanket statement. I, I will I will let any referee come on this podcast and try to stick up for himself because I'll take him down, Aaron. It's getting out of hand, and unfortunately last night, Georgia was victim to a lot of terrible, terrible non-calls or mistake calls that the referees had changing the outcome of the game, I think. Now, does Alabama deserve to win? Yes, Aaron, and we talked about this when the final four was named. I said, damn it, Nick Saban's in there, and if you give a guy like Nick Saban a chance, chances are he's going to snatch it up, and that's exactly what they did in overtime. Tua takes a 16-yard sack. It's second down. I thought Georgia was going to bring more pressure, and he just served one up. Uh, it looked like four verts, was it, Aaron, against cover two? And uh, it was just a great It's throw impressive. And, a I, and, the kid, and the kid knew it. He said right after the game, I knew it was cover two. I looked the safety off. He which, really did, too. He looked the safety off you, As a well. safety, you have that's not your job. You have to be in your area. You need to be over over the top of your cornerback. And at first, seeing it from the field, I was like, how did he beat the corner so bad? You go on, because I'm like, there's no way that's cover two. There needs to be a safety there. He was nowhere there for help. And then you look at the film, you're like, holy smokes. It was two, and he just did an awful job. Of of not being in the right position and and great job by a young quarterback to look, look off, off a safety. Yep. I mean that's some that's impressive thing what he was able to do. Going back to the penalties though, I'm sure there's a, a handful more uh, that you can say Alabama fans are probably of complaining course. about as yeah. well. But it, there there is a fine line and everyone's like, oh, can you not, uh, you know, get some more replays going? Can you not review these calls? I'm like. Listen, do you want a five or six hour football game? No, I think this is, you, you know, you're the, totally it, right. You're totally yes. right. But I they, think these guys do. These guys do get graded and, and they are not given, you know, good bowl games or they're not given the chance to coach, <laughs> know. you know, referee in a national championship. So they are graded to some point um, based on, like, like I said, offseason game or postseason games that they are rewarded and then also for the next season i think the answer is this in college football and nfl football you have to make it a full-time profession aaron these guys are lawyers these guys are doctors these guys are real estate agents they're insurance brokers then they just show up on the weekends and it pays pretty cool and they get to be on tv it needs to be a full-time gig they need to have performance standards, and then if you mess up, you get fired, you get fined, something has to happen, and uh, it's for all of football. Hell, I'd like to see high school football referees get better, but that's just me. You know what, though? Honestly, I feel terrible for the seniors, man. This senior class at Georgia and, you know, the senior class at Alabama, I just saw statistics right, right here, dude. Read this, okay? Every player that Nick Saban has recruited since 2000 at LSU that has stayed four years has won a national title. That is 
And, and you wonder why Nick doesn't Nick Saban doesn't have to go into a recruiting, yes, you know, into the room and have to fully recruit these guys. He's just going to show up, say, "Hey, I'm Nick Saban. Here's your scholarship. Yeah. You're an I'm idiot if you don't accept it." Because yeah. anyone who I touch turns into a, an NFL player, and you're going to win a national championship. That's, it's just plain so. That's all he needs to say. Yeah. It, it speaks for itself. He doesn't need to go flying around and and sitting in, in a house for two, three hours, begging a kid to show up. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it it's proven it, his method has proven what he's able to do. It's tough, man. If you're a kid and you get a scholarship offer, I think from either one of these schools, you're, you're an idiot for turning it down. I think both have proven that they're going to be continuously in these sec championship games in these playoffs and the national championship, great coaching, Great young talent, and I'm excited for both these teams with the two quarterbacks. It's all built around a great quarterback, and I think both these guys have two guys. And I told Jake from last night when, when I, after the game, I went up to him, gave him a little hug, and, and just said, hey, listen, you are a complete stud. Yeah. You're going to be back. Don't worry about this. You're going to be back the next two years, man, that you guys are building something special here. So. Yeah. He and even I, seemed unfazed after the game. I he was know, walking he really around did. like his, he's ready uh, to keep going. His uh, his post-game press conference was extremely impressive, I thought. And I called you this morning, and I said, Aaron, you're off the hook, man. <laughs> you are off the hook, bro. That 2012 SEC championship game. It's gone. Game, it's oh, on the back. No one's going to be asking me that anymore, no, so thank it is goodness. on the back burner. I can, but, this is going to be the first time I've slept well in about, uh, uh, what, five, six yes, years? Yes, but George, you know, Georgia's senior class, we talk about it so much on the podcast, but these are the guys who put their hand in the pile with Kirby Smart when he came, and I think that they will have a special bond for a very, very long time, and they're going to mean a lot to the entire program. Ooh. Nick Chubb, Sonny Michelle, Isaiah Wynn, Lorenzo Carter, Roquan Smith, Davin Bellamy. I mean, these guys did it, and you know this. I was sitting with John Parker Wilson at the game, and he went to Alabama. He did not win a national championship, but he said this. He said every house needs a foundation, man. You have to lay the foundation to start something special. He was part of it at Alabama, and it sure seems like these seniors who are leaving now have laid down a pretty solid foundation to for Georgia to continue to build off of. Yeah, it's unbelievable what they're doing. And, and for anyone to even think the season was a waste, at the end of the day, you won an SEC championship. Oh, yeah. You won the Rose Bowl. Absolutely, The, the best dude. bowl game out there. You won it. You have, you're going to get some nice fancy rings that say – SEC champion, Rose Bowl champion, and you're also in the national championship. So for these guys, and we've we've talked about it nonstop, what they meant to this team, what they've meant to this university, uh, it's just going to continue. The foundation has been set. Uh, Kirby's done a great job recruiting. We saw it. So they're only going to continue getting better and better, and I'm excited to see it. Some crazy news, though. I did see a guy that was supposed to be Kirby's guy. Who's J- that? Jacob Eason. Oh. With the Washington. Can I get it? Can I get a yeah. Aaron? You were right. Uh, no, Aaron, you were right. right so can I? Can the, I hear it, please? That's the podcast for today. No, Aaron, oh. you, uh, you were spot on, and um, I thought there was a slight chance, and I thought Georgia winning so much only helped Jacob maybe staying, but he's going to go to Washington. He's got to sit out a year, obviously, and then he will be slinging it around in Seattle. So good for him. You know, he was a great, hey. great teammate, and. You were correct, my friend. So props to you. Well, speaking of speaking of him, in your opinion, does Jalen Hurts do the same thing? I, or, I, or I saw. Hey, I saw maybe become a running. I saw Jalen Hurts maybe go to FAU, go link up with Lane Kiffin. You, what about yeah, that? I, 
I like that. And I wouldn't throw the fact out there too that maybe he stays and I would put him at running back. Yeah. I mean, you know, you have, how difficult would it be for a team that the face you put both those guys in the backfield, how creative you can be as an offensive coordinator. He's a great runner. He has good size. He's built like a bag yeah. or maybe like an H back like Florida did when I was there, um, you know, with Reed and all those guys, he's very similar size wise. And he has the ability to throw the ball as well. So you can do a lot of fun stuff. So, if he does stay, uh, it is great for them, for Alabama. Obviously, more competition in the spring, being creative from an offensive standpoint. So it's going to be interesting. But, yeah, yeah Jacob Eason, I figured it. I mean, he's too yeah, talented. He he's going to be playing on Sundays. Dude, he can sling it. I mean, he was throwing slant routes, and he about took like, five dudes' heads off. I know. Like, whole, and it was effortless. Yeah, I mean, he, he's he just been it for real. All right, hey, it's take, pretty. Your, uh, take your analyst hat off. I want to talk to you as a player, okay? Because yep. you said you gave Jake from a hug afterwards, a couple words of encouragement. I gave my dad a hug afterwards, and sh- I almost started crying. I mean, I was so emotionally invested in this game, not as a fan, but for my dad, for the coaches, for those seniors, and I was trying to think of games with that magnitude. The biggest one I had played in was the NFC Championship game with Arizona, right? And I said... You know, it wasn't even that magnitude because we got our ass beat in Carolina. So it was like it was over in the third quarter. You know, you're already thinking about the offseason. You're thinking about what's next. College football is so much different, dude. I know you have had heartbreaking losses. I have as well. Obviously, neither of us in the national championship game. But seeing these guys give each other hugs afterwards, knowing that these seniors are gone, knowing that this team is going to be extremely different next year. They will be talented, but it will be extremely different. I want your player take of how to move on from this because Georgia fans have got to, and the players, I'm sure, are already trying to. Go downtown Athens. Yes. Go to Bourbon Street. Yes. Just drink your Shout out away. Bourbon Street. Shout That's out Sam Bar. I, I mean, shout yeah, out uh, Silver Dollar. Do it. Just I mean, go, yes. just go drink your demons out, yeah. my friend. Yes. Yeah, celebrate. I, I, celebrate. That, yeah. And celebrate too. And understand that. There's still plenty to celebrate, and like I just said a little bit ago, you want an SEC championship game and you want a Rose Bowl. Absolutely. I mean, there's a plenty of good stuff, plenty of good stuff from this season. There's there's nothing the, for these kids, and I'm sure Kirby told that's the first thing he told those guys last night as soon as they got their locker room is pick your heads up. You guys had one hell of a football season, Absolutely, probably one of the dude. best football seasons in Georgia history, probably number two, yeah. I mean, number two or number three because we've yep. only been there a few times. So it, you know good for those kids so nothing nothing to hang your hats on it makes me think of clemson man it makes me think of clemson in 2016 losing well, that game against alabama and then coming right back and getting well, some vengeance this? well no 2015 clemson loses the national championship yes 2016 clemson wins national championship correct 2016 alabama loses national championship 2017 like alabama like wins national championship at. 2017 georgia loses national championship so it only makes sense. Yeah, you're right. That's a good. That's a good. That's the past good few losers have then the next year won the national championship. I asked you. I asked this on Twitter. Thank you for letting me know that. That's making me feel better. I said it's painful but true. I needed an answer. As a fan, last night, would you have rather lost in overtime on the last play or gotten blown out by 40 points? And 72 percent said they'd rather lose an OT on the last play. I think because you know you're there, man. It wasn't a fluke. You are. There, the game was 
it should have been one, but it had an opportunity to be one. And if you get blown out by 40 points, then, you know, you can get razzed on for a little bit. But people will say you guys weren't even supposed to be in that game. Agree? Completely agree. I'd rather be in there, the excitement from a player, from a fan, all that good stuff. I mean, you could honestly say you were in one of the best national championship games of all time. Yeah. And we can't. Like, I, I mean, just like I just like I talked about the SEC championship game and everyone wants to ask me about it. The first thing I said it is it was an honor being in probably the best SEC championship game of all time. Cause yeah. there've been not, there haven't been many great SEC championship games. There've been blowouts. Yeah. You're totally lopsided. Right. So that's what I take pride in because obviously I can't take pride in the fact that we won. I just say, Hey, I had a blast. I was a part of something special. Yeah. We didn't win. It's very unfortunate, but it still was a damn good time. And it was an unbelievable game. And it's something that I always re- will remember. Absolutely. How about uh, us getting on TMZ.com, a little punt and pass podcast on TMZ. That was, uh, yeah, that was all, special. All, a little publicity. All, 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 all pub is good pub, right? There's no question. But what a week it was for us. I mean, a bunch of people came out to see us at our live podcast. Atlanta was really, really cool. Um, it was cold. It was fun. Every dog fan out there was hollering at us, talking about the podcast, saying what's up. So I really appreciate that. We do have some news, though, Aaron. Our punt and pass podcast bowl pick is finished, and we have winners. We have three winners. So DM us on Twitter, at punt and pass on Twitter and Instagram, and let us know, and we will send you your prize. First place is a tie. So these two people get it. Brad Burrs, you are number one, my man. Brad Burrs, B-U-R-Z, please DM us on Twitter. Morelli21, I think this is my best friend, Tony Morelli, but he said it might be his dad. So Coach Morelli, if that's you, you're getting a prize. And third place, Judson Kelly 63 Judson Kelly, Joe Morelli, Brad Burrs, DM us on Twitter, and we will send you your prizes. So... There you go, man. I, you know, I guess you and I can talk about it right now just a little bit. I mean, if you have anything, I, I could talk about the national championship for literally two oh, hours. All day. I know. Um, I think I'm, I have talked about the national championship all day, know, too. So as soon as, oh. It's crazy. Anything, I mean, anything else that I haven't touched on, Aaron? I just, I would just love for an Atlanta sports team to kind of. I know, but I see. I just, just finished the drill. I did. Did you get what I just sent you? Yeah, I did. And you just it's, it's crazy. That, that the Falcons and Georgia did not trail the entire for a single second of the Super Bowl and the national championship game. Neither the Falcons nor the Bulldogs trailed for a single second of their respective <laughs> and they championship still lost. games. That's crazy. I mean, now I, I got into it on Twitter with a couple people today because I just don't see the comparison. I think you're grasping me at a comparison and I'm not saying you're doing this. I but, think it's hilarious, but, honestly. Uh, I'm not uh, I know Falcon it's two completely Super different Bowl games. Collapse. Yeah, and it's not, you know it's I mean it's two two completely Bama, different situations. Bama took this game from Georgia. Georgia did not blow it by any means. So hey I almost looked like a freaking genius. I said there was going to be a huge play in special teams. That punt block was going to be it. And then I said it was going to come down to the kicking game. And it should have, but it just didn't go Georgia's way. And they're going to be better for it. Um, And I can't wait for next season of the podcast and this offseason. I don't know what we're going to do yet, but we're certainly not going to stop the podcast. So if anybody has ideas, I think, Aaron, and you and I have talked about it, Going live once a month, a little bit longer format, bringing some guests, hang out for an hour, hour and a half, get a nice little interview, say with like a Sony Michelle or 
a Nick Chubb and just sit down and then maybe go to some other campuses, you said, Aaron. Maybe Alabama, if they'll have us. Auburn. Hey, we're in SA. We are a professional SEC podcast. And we're only going to get more, a little bit better each and every time. And we're going to become a little bit more less biased. So (laughs) we'll keep getting better. But what a year. I mean, you know, you and I start this thing up and then Georgia rips off an amazing season that we get to follow and be a part of. And again, I'll just say it. As a player, and you know this, Aaron, you're so locked in on the game. You know, you try to stay even keel because you got to go out there and execute and do your job. Um, when you were in the NFL and I was in the NFL, man, you travel on Saturdays, you keep up with the team, you know, you watch the game when you can. You're usually pretty busy, whatever. I told you one of the most emotionally invested games I've ever watched was the SEC Championship in 2012. We were in Baltimore. We had just landed. We were playing the Ravens that Sunday. And, like, I was screaming at the TV. It was my first year out. Since then, I like to play it pretty evenly when I watch football. But the Rose Bowl, I was going nuts. And then last night, dude, your mom even said it. I was fired up, dude. I was juiced up, heavily invested. I think it's – I've been trying to rationalize it. I think it's because my dad was a coach. But, again, the magnitude of the game – Georgia, the school that you and I both love and went to, was playing for it all. And uh, it's just cool because you do become a fan. And I know you had to work also, but, man, I was I was getting after it in club level, rooting well, on I, I mean, I was – listen, I was, in, I was on the Homer broadcast for the game. So, I mean, my, my Georgia gear was on. I got to ruin and have some fun. The worst part, though, is when we lost and the camera's oh. literally on me the entire time. And I'm just like, really? Come on, get out of my face! So I try brutal. to, I try to avoid it, and they're just, they're literally chasing me around, and I just look, I look like a sad lost puppy, just completely abandoned. So it wasn't the best look, but it was still, it was fun. But hey, man, this has been a blast, and, and yes, like, it has. like Drew said, we ain't, we ain't going anywhere. We're just gonna <laughs> get bigger, stronger, faster this off season. Drew and I are gonna be hitting the weight room, yes, hitting the books, yes, hitting these campuses having a good time, going to continue bringing the most up-to-date news in a fun damn way. So keep tuning in. Like, honestly, you and I have as much or more football knowledge than John Gruden, so why can't we get hired for 10 years and $100 million? I I don't get it. Can you explain that to me? I I don't understand it at all. I think you put our brains together. He doesn't know special teams. No. You know, we we already have that on him right now. Exactly. and, you know, and I, went, I was in his type of offense with, with Andy Reid for three years. So, you know, I can, I can handle that as well. You're totally right. You're totally right. But we, we're going to have a great, great offseason. I can't wait to see what happens with the podcast, where we go from here. But, man, what a week. What a week end. Um, NFL playoffs kicking up. You like the Falcons? Do you like the Falcons to beat the Eagles in Philadelphia? Yes or no? Yes, just because Carson Wentz isn't playing. Yeah, and and, and I'm a big Nick Foles fan. I, I like Nick. I think he's he had some good times this year when he did come in. I, I think he's a great quarterback. But I just think right now the Falcons they have they have the experience from from getting in uh, from last year. I really love the way they went to L.A. last week and just dominated that football game offensively, defensively, and and I, I like I said I think if Carson Wentz is playing this game. I think Eagles are in the Super Bowl. It's 100. percent They would win the next two games and yeah. be playing either the Patriots or, the, or Pittsburgh. But it's a completely different game uh, with him not out there. So I, I got to give the edge to the Falcons on this one. 
I like the Falcons too. I like the Falcons and Saints for an NFC championship battle, which Ooh, will be great. Oh. And I think the Steelers are coming out of the AFC, so I'm gonna stick with my Saints Steelers. Nice. Super I like that. Bowl prediction. Well, I just saw it again. The blocked punt by Tyler Simmons. He was not <laughs> offsides. But that's the way it goes. I'm sure that ref's having a great steak dinner tonight and just laughing watching the replays on ESPN. So, Aaron, thanks so much, dude. We'll probably do another podcast here in the next couple weeks. Let us know what you think, what you want us to do. He's at Aaron Murray 11. I am at Drew Butler 13. You've been listening to the Punt and Pass podcast. We will talk to you next week. See you.